all you beautiful people. Welcome back to About That. I am your host, Travis LaRue, and my special guest today is someone I love very deeply and one of my favorite people on this planet, Mr. Matthew Mataloni. How's it going? <laughs> for those who don't know me and Matt, we were stationed together in Bahrain for our first two years in the military, and we clicked somehow some way we both clicked very very well together and grew a very good friendship from that and i'm very excited to hear what he has to say on things because me and him have spent literal hours talking and rambling about the everything in this world so we're gonna get into it matt how are you doing man good buddy i'm doing good man just uh just enjoying the civilian life and kind of taking it all in one day at a time but uh, everything's good bro it's good to hear from you uh your introduction was great because uh it's hilarious that we came together as two completely different people and all different walks of life and then we could just click so easily and talk for hours so this is awesome to get on here and be able to actually record some of our conversations and our talks about everything and anything in life so i'm excited this this will be a good one for sure yeah. So let's let's go ahead and start talking about it, man. What was your perspective on the military? <laughs> that's, a, that's a very, very hard question. Um, you know, I, I think the military has a lot of good and a lot of bad to it. You know, I, I learned so much about myself from it. The biggest thing you always hear is, like, you got to grow up fast. And me being 17 years old when we went in, I grew up pretty fast, you know, being away from home. You know, being in the Navy, we did get to see the world a little bit. We got to go to different places, which was cool. There's a lot of negative that goes to the military too, you know? Um, but I had some of the best experiences of my life and some of the worst experiences. And I think that's true for everybody who was in the military and still in the military, you know? But overall, I, I, I enjoyed it. I got a lot from it. I learned a lot about myself. I think it made me into a better person, a better friend, a better family member and stuff like that. But uh, there are definitely some areas that <laughs> need some serious improvement if they wanna. <laughs> continue to be the world's strongest military as they say that that is one thing that blew my mind when i found out you were 17 when when you went in i was i had just turned 21 and dude for for those who may not know matt you are dude you are so mature for your age you are definitely an old soul to to the t definition of an old soul yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you'd be shocked how many people say that. Uh, I think it's just, you know, kind of the background I grew up with, grew up in with my family and everything like that. So, um, hey, yeah, man, I, your, I, your I parents, awesome people. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome people, people, man. Shout out to Kathy and Joe. They're exactly, great people. <laughs> you, your dad scared the hell out of me the first time I met him, but, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> he does that to everybody, but once you break that shell, he's, he's a good person. Yeah, okay. you know, I have no... Hey, friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so... Man, you and I have talked, and you, you said you learned a lot from your experiences, but you also had your older brother and your twin brother also were in the military. What did you learn from them? Um, so, obviously, my older brother, he was in the Marines. Uh, so, you know, he was kind of hardcore, as they say, just very, very regimented with everything. Right. Um, and then my twin brother was in the Navy. We were in the Navy at the same time together. Uh, he was on the Wasp, so he was on a ship and did a lot of, you know, out-to-sea time. So um, from them, I think, you know, I learned kind of just how close family could be and how important family is, you know, because for 
there was a 10 year period where we were all separated between our different times in the military. Jeez. Um, and you know, we grew closer being farther away. You know, I, I love my brothers to death. They're the backbone of who I am, honestly. Uh, we laugh, we bust each other's balls all the time. Uh, we're always there for each other. We frustrate the hell out of each other. But at the end of the day, you know, they would do anything for me and I would do anything for them. So I think that was the biggest thing I learned from, from them in the military was just, you know, like, it's super important to have those people in your life. And they're definitely there for me. Um, and the other thing was, you know, they, their will to serve, you know, to, to do better, to, to be part of something bigger. And, you know, me and my twin brother, we saw our older brother join who I never thought he was going to join the military. And he joined <laughs> and I saw how good it did for him and how successful he became and the things that taught him. And then me and my brother kind of followed suit. Yeah, I definitely got a lot out of seeing both of them go join and I'm proud of them. So. What do you think made you so successful in the military? Because you picked up rank super quickly. Yeah. What do you think was like the main, your main, I mean, it, do you think it's just like, that's just how you were, that's, you know, instilled in you yeah, or was that's, it? <laughs> uh, that's just how I am, man. I, I want to succeed at everything I do. I want to be the best at everything I do. Um, you know, and growing up, I didn't always have that mentality. I struggled in school a lot. Uh, I have a learning disability. So it, it took me a while to get where I wanted to get and do what I want to do, you know? Um, what takes a person uh, an hour to do could take me sometimes a couple hours, you know? So it was just me, that constant determination in my head that I'm gonna succeed. I wanna, I wanna be the best, I wanna do the best, you know? So countless hours in the books, it was, you know, just being on top of my stuff, and staying squared away and not getting in trouble, being where I need to be. So just stuff like that, man. I didn't know that about you, that you had a learning disability and I would have never known that, knowing the person that you are, because you're the most well-read, insanely smart, and first in a lot of things. So that that just proves that just shows me that like you really are about that life of you know, I got to work harder to to be to even match up to some of these other people. I got to work just as hard, if not harder, to beat these people. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I remember I was in sixth grade and I couldn't, I could barely read at a first grade level, you right. know. So. It took me so long to get out of that shell and realize, like, hey, you have potential. You could achieve whatever you put your mind to. Um, and, you know, you just got to work at it. And it just work and work and work at it. And that's what I did. And I kind of apply that to everything in life now. If you're not striving to be the best in anything that you do and everything, you know, there's, what's the point? You get one life to live. So you just got to just, just do it. Okay, so let me ask you this. What advice would you give to your 17-year-old self or, like, another 17, 18-year-old kid about to go to the military for the first time? What, what advice would you give them that you've learned? Uh, so from that is, um, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, you know. Um, Preach. Study hard. Study hard. Work hard. Uh, don't listen to what others say. Don't follow the crowd. You know, if you want to succeed in the military, you will succeed. But also be ready for the backlash. Be ready for the politics. Be ready to get treated unfairly and mistreated by people around you. To see other people getting rewarded, even though they shouldn't. You just gotta be strong to your core. You gotta have a backbone. Fight for yourself when it's time to fight. And it's your career. Take take full control. Don't let people from the outside control it. Nobody you know? cares about your career more than you you should. Absolutely. Yeah. Your superiors, the people above you, right. they don't give a crap about you. As much as they say they do, they don't care because you're replaceable. Like we always say, we used to always say we're just numbers. And that's, that's the truth. 
So you just you just got to stay with it. And the biggest thing I learned was you're there for your contract. You know, there's no getting out of it. You can't turn it back and be like, oh, I don't want to do this. You're stuck. You sign the contract, you're there. So you just got to go with it. And it, at times it's annoying, it's frustrating, but take the beatings, take the, the losses, and just keep improving every day with it. Military definitely taught me how to take my L and go about my day. And I... Yeah, because you get up, like, every day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding, every single day. Every day, there there's some problems. <laughs> there wasn't one day in the five and a half years that I was in that I was like, I, there's something not wrong with what's going on. Or like, this is not... <laughs> it, it was always something. It, it was always something. But, again, you just kind of learn to adapt with that and go with it and... You got to just stick with it and just keep going and don't get discouraged from those L's because they're just going to keep coming. So work around them or work through them or whatever you got to do. I definitely noticed that because you, you and I were both in both eventually got to leadership supervisor positions. There's, yeah. But and you, you know, just as well as I do, there are some very cool superiors to us. Some very like real, genuinely good people in the military. Mm hmm. But then they're just, they're awful, terrible people. And oh, absolutely. you can tell those people, you can tell they were bullied in high school and they want to take, they want to take their frustrations out on younger, newer people just because they can and they think they have that position. Yeah. And uh, we would always say it all the time. Like they, the only reason that they're treating people like that is because of the position they're in. I can't tell you the amount of times uh, I would, someone would talk down on me a, a higher rank and I'd be like, Man, if this was the streets or like we weren't in the military, like you would you would get smacked. Like somebody, but because they're in those positions, they think that they could just treat people like crap, you know. And I, and that's not a leader to me. No, that's not a leader. No, and it's unfortunately, not. I've only had a handful of leaders in the military that I respected because the rest of them were like that. You know, I, I get it. It's the military. Every but that's not how you treat people. Like if you want people to respect you and listen to you, treat them how they should be treated. And I, I totally get being hard on on some people <laughs> because yeah, you, you you might you can probably think of a name or two that I you know that deserve to be treated a little harshly. Yeah. And I, I don't mean you know treated less than a human, but you know a little harder on them, right? Yeah. And like you said, those are the people that stay in nine times out of yeah. ten. Those are the kind of people that, that are late to everything, that don't care about appearance, don't care about their physical health, don't you know, don't take anything seriously. Those are the kind of guys that a lot of times stay in. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I, I can't tell you the amount of good, good sailors that I met who just got out because they couldn't take it anymore. They were genuinely good people, did their job, did but they couldn't take getting treated poorly, you know. And by all means, I'm not saying that every single day was treated poorly. That's not the case. You know, right. There were good days and bad days, but I'm saying the overwhelming majority of the time, it was it was like that, you know. Um, and it comes from that leader. Those leaders. It comes from the top down. And when you have leaders who are disrespectful, don't really care, just there to be there, it dwindles down onto us, and that's how we act, you know. And it's it was just stuff like that. I feel very fortunate in the fact of like we, you and I got so close and we had such a close group of friends the, the the little group that we had we were all good dudes we did exactly what we were supposed to do and yet how many times did we sit in your apartment talking about oh 
this dude is talking messy to me. Like, I, this dude is doing this. Just pieces of shit, dude. And it's, ugh, man, it, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. Yeah, it was it was all the time, you know. And like like I said, our our entire friend group, you know, the guys that we hung out with, the guys that are post buddies that we are still friends with, best friends with till today that we talked to, you know, we all were square away. We got our shit done. We did stayed out of trouble, and yet there was always still something. <laughs> there was always still something for us to talk about, you know. One of us um, was always involved with something for some reason. Yeah, and I think it's because <laughs> uh, it's because all of us realized that. You know, that's not how you're supposed to treat people. You know, we all, at least that's me, definitely. I, the disrespect I didn't take. There's a difference between discipline and disrespect. You could discipline someone, but also respect them. You don't have to discipline someone and disrespect them. That's what I think the, the, the lack in the military is. Because like you were saying, there are some people who need that, like, hey, kick in the ass. Exactly. But for people like us who, okay, we messed up on something or we did something wrong, you know, there's no reason. Yeah, but it was an everyday thing that we were talking about. All right, so let's let's get let's move away from the negative aspects of the military. What were some of your more positive memories, experiences that that you can think of? So I think overall, the military kind of made me realize like you need to be mentally strong in every aspect of your life. You know, when it comes to relationships, friends, family, work ethic, like stuff like that, you gotta be strong because there's gonna be like i was saying there's days where you're just gonna you're be down you're worn out you're missing home you're missing family but you just stay mentally tough it taught me discipline it taught me regiments like being regimented with everything in life stuff like that and then it created great relationships you know like i have you guys some of my former supervisors that i'm still friends with and talk to and great leaders so that that's great from it and then you get to see places that was the biggest thing you know like after Bahrain, I went to Japan, and that was awesome. Uh, there are upsides to the military. I I do think people get a lot out of it, and I do think if you're you put in what you get out of it, and I put in a good amount, and I got definitely what I got out of it. So I think you also need to be able to have an outlet of things, because like after you know we were we were working what twelve fourteen hour days, yeah. From from the time we were getting up to the time we were finally getting off. It was about, hell, probably more like 14, 15-hour days, felt like. Yeah, um, absolutely. I just feel like you need some type of outlet and, or some some way to just kind of cool off instead of just going straight to your room and going straight to bed. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what our outlet was for our entire friend group. Oh, God. <laughs> every day we was in the gym, every single yeah. day. Yeah, from... For some of us, it was sometimes twice a day. And oh, that was our outlet. That's what got all of us through those days where we hated it, those days we didn't want to be there. Was was that? And we just beat the crap out of ourselves in the gym every single day. And it, man, I'm telling you, when I when I when I genuinely look back on my time in Bahrain, I, like I have nothing but like good memories because I've tried to data dump a lot of the bad stuff out because I'm trying to. I'm mentally, I'm I'm just tired from that time, and so I'm trying to think about more of the positive things. And all I can think about is all of us getting together, going to the gym, and like the conversations we'd have in the gym that would lead us to doing other things after that. <laughs> I really owe you a big thank you for getting me in the gym. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I I am impressed with how far you come every single day. I used to tell you all the time. You know, I remember when when we first, remember when we first started running, I've always been a runner. I love, I love 
absolutely love running. It's right. just been a thing I, that I do, and I still try to get it in a couple times a week, if not every day. Right. But I remember the first time we went running, you could barely keep up with us. And then a year later, you were keeping up with me and a couple other guys who were trying to get back into the special warfare programs. You kept up with us for an eight-mile run. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I'll never forget that. And that, like, deep down was, like, I would just show how proud I am of you and how far you've come, you know? Man. And it was awesome to see, like, how committed you were and staying to it. And we were going to put ourselves through some grueling workouts, especially those workouts outside I'm like, when it was, you know, 80% humidity and we were out there just throwing sandbags and tires and doing burpees and stuff like that, you know? So. I had no desire to be in the special warfare programs. Like, <laughs> there, you know, you know, you know better than I do that there were, there are, you know, a lot of people that we were with that were involved with that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. That was that. I, that was never any of my interest. But I just, I loved it. I had never. I was always a fat kid growing up. I had never put my body through that kind of punishment before. Yeah. And the fact that I could even hang with you guys and i i was very proud of myself for being able to keep up with you guys who had been training for that kind of stuff yeah and i'd never i will never forget these uh those workouts where you and me were outside just sweating our balls off dude we we lost pounds of water weight yeah and and we were disgusting you you remember that murph that first murph we did our first year there oh yeah it was awful. Oh my uh, god! What, yeah. what did we do? We, did we go to IHOP after that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absurd amount of food after. I'll never forget, man. Our first New Year's Eve in Bahrain. Well, a lot of the other people are partying and doing whatever. Our friend group was at IHOP eating at, on New Year's Eve. Yeah, eating pancakes. We went there a lot around. for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah. it was it's the best. I love it. <laughs> it's just good food all around. But I think. You know, I think as far as, like, the workout stuff, man, that's, it's always been something that I've been fascinated with. You know, I love, I love working out. It's an outlet for me. Like you said, like, you needed an outlet, and that was it. It's always been that for me. You know, I could, if you ask my parents, there would be, at 13 years old, I would be out in the streets at 10 o'clock at night just running real Rocky Balboa type stuff. Uh, And it's just, it's an outlet for me. Because where I lacked the mental capacity in, like, school and stuff like that, I was always, you know, Physically, I was like, okay, well, I could be great at this. If I'm not going to be, if I'm not going to excel in education and stuff like that, then I'm going to be a freak when it comes to anything else and it comes to athletics. So I've always loved training. I've always loved working hard. And it's, and it's till, till this day, it's still an outlet for me. When did you realize that, okay, I may not be, at the, right now, I'm not maybe not as smart or mentally as capable as some of these other guys? But I know physically I'm more dominant than them. When did you start realizing, like, hey, I'm pretty good at this stuff? Probably in high school, like freshman year. Because uh, you were a wrestler. I, yeah, I, I was a wrestler and then a lacrosse player. And then I played football for two years. Then I stopped playing football and went back to wrestling. Um, but I've always, I've always been bigger. I've always been athletic, fast, big, strong. So in high school, when you know, I, I saw started seeing major improvements. And that's just because of the hard work. You know, I was in the gym every day. I was running. I was working out. And then it showed on the athletic field. You know, it showed competition. I wasn't the best, but I would still perform at higher levels than most people. And I, that's 
just goes back to hard work, discipline, and dedication to it. With the, with all the gym culture and everything, what advice? Do, so, say I'm somebody that is freshly starting the gym. What would you tell me to make me want to keep going and stay? You know, so I don't get discouraged when I see big dudes like you, you know, lifting four or five hundred pounds. What What would you say to somebody like me? Well, that, that's the first thing right off the bat is, is don't be discouraged. I always, I always look in my head like the, the term or the saying that Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, it, it takes time, uh, and with time comes dedication. You know, you got to stay consistent with it. You got to, if you want to lose weight, you got to eat healthy. You got to work out. If you want to gain weight, you got to eat, and then stay consistent in the gym. If you want to be a runner, you need to run. <laughs> Uh, right. If you, want to be a swimmer, yeah, if you want to be a swimmer, you need to swim. You need to swim a lot. Just, just stay with it, and don't, don't overexert yourself right off the bat. You know, I think a lot of people they get into that, into that mindset, and then they just stop because they're either burned out or they don't see the results they want, or you know, stuff like that. So I think it's just progression each and every day. Do little things each and every day. Add stuff every other week. Add stuff every month. Just you'll you'll see progress. You just got to stay with it. Stay consistent. Um, and have the right mindset, man. It's all mindset. It's all mindset. I would compare myself to you guys so much all the time. Just watching you guys, like blank. Watching him. Watching you. Watching. <laughs> watching all of you guys. Just how big you guys were, and just throwing around weight that. I can't even lift that. How are they doing this? I would just think to myself, like, man, I, I'm trying to get. I got to get on their level. And I would. Just, I remember getting so like frustrated with myself when I couldn't deadlift 315 or I couldn't bench 225. You know, whatever. Just because you guys were doing it so easily, and then I had to realize, oh, they've been doing this a while. This they're they're naturally good at this thing. They've been doing this a while. They've dedicated this. I'm still brand new. You know, that's a that's a it's a natural human thing though. You always see you always want more. You always want better to be better, you always want to look better, you always want whatever, you know, so you could people look at you and think, Oh, like I wanna be like that. Well I'm looking at somebody else and being like, No, that's what I want. And the biggest thing with that is you just gotta tell yourself in your head, like, just keep working, stay at it and set a goal. Have a goal and get to it. And use small goals. Small achievable goals over time constitutes to a big goal achieved. And, and it's it's funny we're talking about this because like when I think of the, when I think of the term uh, never judge a book by its cover, you are one of the first people I think of when when I hear that. Most people probably don't know what you look like, but just looking at you, they think you a mean dude. <laughs> they would think you are like straight out of a prison, like <laughs> or in the mob, which your family may or may not have ties to. <laughs> I'm just no, joking about. I'm just joking about that. <laughs> uh, please don't get me whacked. <laughs> you are like you are one of the nicest people. Like you are covered head to toe in tattoos. Yeah. I remember watching you get your traps tattooed, and I'm like, dude isn't even flinching. <laughs> like what? Your your older brother's also very covered, right? Yeah, all of us. All my brothers are. Oh, your oh, your twin brothers too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What's with that? Um. So for me, I I just love tattoos. I love the expressions. You know, they're they're art to me. Okay. Uh, and a lot of a lot of my tattoos all have meaning, and they're there because they're important to me. And I think 
having them doesn't make me any different than like you said don't judge a book by its cover just because my whole body is covered in tattoos doesn't mean i'm a jerk off or it doesn't mean i've been to prison or doesn't you know right it's just an expre- they're just expressions man you know and they're important to me you know i like the way they look i can't tell you the amount of times i've had people come up to me like oh you're gonna regret that in 30 years well, i don't care <laughs> my life, like I, I really don't care it's my life they're important to me i like them so i don't care what you think i um, i love that you that you just said that i always respect about you is you were definitely one of those people that have always been like I don't care what others think of me. That is something I've always struggled with. Outwardly, I'll say, oh, I don't care what you what you think, whatever, whatever. On the inside, I'm like, dude, why, why are they thinking this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how how do you maintain it, that? Well, it wasn't always like that. You know, it was not always like that. But I got to a point in my life where I was like, you know what? Like, you're stressing so much about what other people think or whatever, like, who cares? It's what you think. It's what you want. It's what you believe. It's your life. They have no impact on how you live your life. Who cares if you don't look cool or whatever it is? It doesn't matter. As long as you're happy, you're in a good spot, you're mentally, physically, whatever it is, then screw off. I don't care what that, you know? You know, let people look at me crazy because of tattoos or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. If you enjoy them and it means something to you, then that's all that matters. Hey, yeah, keep it pushing. My grandfather is very important to me, and he would always tell me, "Consider the source." What kind of old man wisdom is this? Because I don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And the more I've thought about it, is it's very, very simple. Yeah. Think about what is coming out of their mouths, and if you respect them or not. Yeah. If it is somebody you really would not think twice about, give them a thumbs up and keep it pushing, like you said. Yeah, your I, friends, your close friends, you know, some people you genuinely respect, their words and their opinions are going to have more effect on you than somebody that is completely irrelevant in your life. And that's what you see a lot of nowadays, like people with like social media and stuff like that, and like Instagram. It's like, oh, what are my followers going to think? It's like, dude, who cares? <laughs> does that does that person have any effect on your life besides a like or a comment or whatever? No, they don't. So it doesn't matter. Okay, so I I was going to ask you this later on, but I figured might as well just get into this one. If you had to have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who are they? So, number one, and I think anybody would benefit from dinner with this man, is the great David Goggins. Okay. I, I am just so fascinated with everything that comes out of that man's mouth. I'm fascinated with his story, fascinated where he came from, fascinated with preaches and at the age he's at now and what he's been through he's still doing it you know so i think just sitting down with him and kind of just getting into his brain and figuring out what makes that machine go every day you know because he says he says it you know he puts that on his instagram and makes these videos everybody's seen those crazy videos of him running but just just to sit there and talk to him about it and be like to ask him a million questions would be great for me i try to put myself in his shoes and model my mindset after that and it's crazy. Like, it's absolutely crazy to think that people are like that in this world. And I try to be like that. And it's I'm not always like that, you know? So it's just learning. It's just learning and adapting. And So he's definitely number one. I like that. That is a very strong number one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, who, who, who's second on the list? Uh, so number two on my list is someone who I've been following for a long time. I don't know if you know him. His name's Nick Bear. 
I do. I yeah. I actually had one of his. I was doing one of his uh, workout programs for a little while. I, yeah. I like it. I like his stuff. Yeah. So he's another. He was a veteran. He's an army officer, uh, and now he he's an entrepreneur. Isn't he a ranger or was a ranger? Uh, I'm not. I'm not too sure. He might have okay. went through ranger school. I, I'm okay. not. Really I, sure. I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong on that. Yeah, I think he was, but I'm not sure. Okay. But anyway, his again, his just mindset, his mentality. Um, you know, his story too about how he started because he owns uh, Bear Performance Nutrition. It's like the nutrition company, um, and just kind of how he started that company in college, how it's grown to a multi-million dollar enterprise now, and has like great supplements and stuff like that. And then also how he's like a, a versatile athlete. You know, he's a bodybuilder. He's an endurance runner. Does Ironmans? He does marathons. That's the type of person I like because I don't like just lifting weights. Like I love running, I love swimming, I love doing all crazy different types of stuff. Just to kind of sit down with him too and just see his mindset and you know see if, if what he's preaching really is that that's really it. You know, and just get advice from someone like that about business life. So he's number two for sure. I remember you and I have both read uh, David Goggins' book. I mean, you, you you said everything already. Just to hearing hearing their story, and Nick Bear. I don't know too much about Nick Bear, but David Goggins, man, like how he was a SEAL chief, the, everything that he goes through. But you also got to think, man. Some days, like you just said, you know, some days you're not like that. Yeah. Well, some days David Goggins isn't like that either. Mm-hmm. There are days where even David Goggins is like, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to do this today. I'm still feeling this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think I think that's important to remember is, like you said a little bit earlier, you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to put too much in too quickly. Yeah. You have to build up because David Goggins been doing this longer than you and I have been alive. Yeah, absolutely. You and I are not going to start just go do an Ironman or a ultra marathons and all that all that stuff where you and i are not doing that right now (laughs) no (laughs) not even close (laughs) all right who's number three for you number three is going to be an interesting one and this is just kind of goes in probably to all the conversations that we've had uh would probably be jesus i like sit down with jesus jesus okay Uh, yeah um that doesn't surprise me coming from you just I had a feeling you were going to say that. Like, well, I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, but having met your family and knowing you as well as I know you, you are a very religious family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would consider myself pretty religious. Um, the last couple of years, it's been kind of, I've been kind of falling off, but you yeah. know, uh, while I was, while I was in the military, I mean, I, I would be going to church twice a week and right. praying every night. And I still, I still do that, but I just try to get to church a couple times a month and, uh, you know, I do still pray and stuff like that, but just, just, I want to talk about like his preaching, you know, I just want like, just to think about those times and to see where all that comes from. It's fascinating to me. Religion is just fascinating to me. Uh, and I think in some way, every single person needs that type of guidance in their life, whether you're Muslim or Jewish or whatever it is, or if you believe in Don, I, I, I don't know. I think just someone, somebody needs that in their life. I like that. I, yeah. that. That is a very good answer, dude. One thing that you and I, well, I don't, I don't know how you felt about it, but I personally just loved getting to, uh, when we were in Bahrain, seeing all the locals when they would start praying. Yeah. When they, they would just stop whatever they're doing and they would just start praying. Yeah. Whenever that uh, call to prayer went off, it didn't matter what your 
what your tax bracket looked like. They were stopping yeah. what they were doing, and they were they were praying. And I, I like yeah. that. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I, uh, like I, like I was saying, I, I think everybody needs something like that in their life, spiritually, just to be connected to something or somebody to live by a set of principles or guidelines. It would be better for you as a human. How do you think that helps you in the military? Again, it was another outlet. When days got tough, days got hard, you know, I knew someone was always there. Prayer was always there. And it's crazy because throughout my life, I've gone on, uh, it's been a roller coaster with it. I've fallen away from it. You know, in high school, I was kind of like uh, iffy with it. I was still religious, you know, but didn't go to church really. And then I got in the military and I was kind of by myself. And, you know, you're going through those mental battles sometimes and you have that there to kind of guide you out of it and take you out of it. It helped in many ways. It was always there for me. You know, if I was having a bad day or a rough day, just say a prayer. I feel like family also really goes into that, you know. Oh, absolutely. You are very Italian. (laughs) (laughs) You are very Italian, to say the least. One thing I love about that is how close Italian families are. I didn't know that. I don't, you know, from the area I'm from, I don't know any Italians. I don't know other kind of, like, different groups like that. And when I came up and I visited you in New Jersey and just seeing how close you guys were and how just welcoming everybody was, I was shocked, to say the least. I feel like, you know, you've got to keep in contact with your family throughout the military, and that your family has to help you through those through those times, man. Oh, absolutely. Fortunately for me, I am blessed with the best family ever. You right. know, I have such a great relationship with every single person in my family and I'll, I'll forever be grateful for that because people don't have that and i feel bad for people who don't because my family is has always been there no matter what you know i have a great relationship with everybody in it and then there's always there's always every you know, every part of my life i had guidance from somebody you know especially my father who just is such an important person in my life right has always been an ear or a shoulder there for me when I needed him. So yeah, family is super important. I think for people who struggle with that, try to just try to make reconnect. Again, we only live one. You only live once, and if you are struggling with your family relationships or whatever, I think people could benefit greatly from kind of just trying to reconnect or whatever. Well, something you said just a minute ago has been going through my mind. You talked about your mental struggles and mental battles. I wholeheartedly believe that everyone in the military faces those battles at some point in their career, whether it be during or after, those demons come. Absolutely. I'm seeing a psychiatrist myself right now. That is something I thought I would never say. Yeah. I didn't really know too much about mental health. I didn't really care about it. You know, as men, we're taught, you know, suck it up, you're fine, keep keep it going. And some people still believe that. And you know what? That's fine. That's that's your thing. But I genuinely believe that you have to address your mental health and you have to you have to confront your demons at some point to, to fully heal from any kind of thing you've gone through. Yeah, I mental health is such an important thing. And like you said, everybody has gone through it, uh, you know, especially people who've been in the military. There were times in the military where it was just the darkest dark. You didn't think it was ever going to end. You hated every single day the situation. Like you said, it's it, it, for guys, it's like that tough guy mentality. They don't think they need to talk to people or they don't think it's okay to get their emotions out. And that's how I was for so long, for so long. It's not healthy. It no. literally breaks you down mentally and it wears you down 
to a point where unfortunately some people take their lives or whatever it is and it's just, just because they didn't feel like there was an outlet for them they didn't feel like anybody could help them or whatever and i'm a firm believer now that yeah see somebody talk to somebody get the help you need because it, it will help you you know it'll benefit you greatly i've talked to people i, I still to this day i talk to counselors every once in a while or whatever about any life struggles and i think it's super important you know because if you keep those thoughts bottled up all the time it's just going to eat away at you and like you said you got to fight those mental demons it's, it's mental warfare you got to fight back eventually that's all it is i'm not saying like if seeing a counselor is really not your thing that's fine i i can i can understand that but you have to talk to somebody whether that be yeah. a friend a parent girlfriend boyfriend your your dog i don't care you got to talk to somebody and let that let that out man like we yeah. our group our friend group has had some really deep conversations yeah absolutely and i i'm very fortunate for the time we've had because you guys really helped me get through a lot of the hard times when i was going i think everyone needs that kind of support system man yeah absolutely surround yourself with people that are there for you positive we energy still, yeah we still till this day have talked about this stuff you know and even max our good friend max i talk to him every week about this stuff it's all you find somebody that you could console in and talk about you know and if you can't aren't comfortable with talking about it then get a notepad out get a notebook out and start writing your thoughts down and wherever you know and work up to it because i promise you it's going to be- benefit you so much just getting stuff out and dealing with that stuff in your head that that's one dude i need to get on here i need to get max on here very soon i feel like <laughs> I, I love that kid beyond words yeah. because he's just the most he's truly he's a the most fascinating person i've ever met i love him i love him he's a and, mess but i love him <laughs> and he will he will be a good a good episode for you because uh, you I got think he, <laughs> he is full of everything and so he came down to tennessee he came down to see me in knoxville him and some of his friends and that was that was that was a fun time i like that yeah all right so after bahrain let's let's change the mood up here a little bit instead of all the depressing stuff after Bahrain, you went to Japan, like you said. Yep. And you always been a physical person, always been into that kind of stuff. But you started fighting in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Walk, walk me through that. Like, what is? How do you get into that kind of stuff? So for me, I, I've you know I've always kind of been a wrestler, grappling type stuff. Um, when I got into the military, I started you know like I've always liked like UFC and boxing and stuff like that. So I just hitting the heavy bag and I was like oh I really like this this is a good outlet and like anything I took it full steam ahead you know I started going to the the gyms and I got trainers and I got coaches and just started progressing at a high level very quickly because I was dedicated to it I would train two or three times a day I would be there every single day and when I got to Japan I got into a gym where they like to compete and they like to fight and I was like yeah I, I want to fight like that's that's why I'm doing this uh and yeah and then it's, it's taken off ever since then so I watched your your first fight that was that was aired that that I knew about I watched it and I had no doubt in my mind you were gonna win I was just sitting there thinking okay how long is this gonna last and how badly is he about to beat the shit out of this, out of this dude <laughs> I was like if I if I could if I could have bet on that match I would have put my life savings on it. <laughs> you beat the crap out of that dude. It was was it yeah. the first round? Yeah, it was the first round. The experience of it, and you know, I, I give 
props to anybody who ever competes in any sport like that where it's just you and somebody else in there. The mental strain you get from it, the nerves, the, the everything from it is crazy. You know, like, and anybody who ever tells you that they're not scared of getting in there or, like, those thoughts are in their head is, is lying to you. Lies. <laughs> yeah, they're absolute lies, you know? But I'm just so fascinated with knowing I'm in there with somebody and the only way out of here is I have to take out this person. And as messed up as that sounds, that's what gets me through those those hard workouts. That's what gets me through being in there. It's like, hey, the only way out of here is to take this person out. And you need to be physically stronger, physically overpowering, mentally tough. Like you need to just be everything to get through this. That's that's what drives me to it. And that's why I love it so much is because you have to be the best. And I, that's my goal. I want to be the best. I want to be a world champion. I want to... I mean, especially in Japan, like I, I kind of associate Japan with fighting, like, you know, all the, all the martial arts training that goes on over there. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm wrong in that, but I always associate those two together in having very good martial artists. How good are those, uh, how good are those people over there? They're, they're freaks, man. They're absolute freaks. And it's because of that dedication. You know, a lot of those people, Japan is still an old culture. You know, they base a lot of their life off of like samurai times, the Bushido code, like stuff like that. And it's just like dedication, honor, and stuff like that. And you see that in the way they train and the way they, every single day, you know, they're in there constantly working, but they're also kind too, you know? Like I remember in my gym there, my coaches and a lot of people didn't speak English. How, how hard was that for you? Uh, it was it was the hardest, but I was learning off of hand signals and kind of moving. And, but they never once didn't give me help or weren't there for me, you know? Even if there was that language barrier, they were still like kicking my leg, like pointing me like this, or you know. Okay. So, yeah, it was it, it was absolutely incredible, and that just goes to show just how much of that like warrior mentality that they have, you know, where they will respect everybody, but when it comes time to fight, like they're they're in there and they're ready to go. Since your transition out of the military, have you thought about? I know you said you still train, but have you thought about actually trying to get back in the ring as a fighter? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, actually in June, the end of June, June twenty fourth. I'm going back to Japan to fight. No so kidding. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'll be fighting in Tokyo. <laughs> You're um, fighting in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely excited about that. And pretty soon here I'll start training for, for that fight. But yeah, it's it's exciting, man. And, and I took a year and a half off. I've had after my last professional fight. It's been my last professional fight was December of 2021, I think it was. So I took a pretty long period off just because I was transitioning out of the military and stuff like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I just want to get back in there. I want to, I want to fight and I just want to keep getting better. And luckily I have a lot of good coaches and connections and like promoters in Japan. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for that. I uh, well, I will obviously be watching this. I didn't, I didn't know about that, yeah, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to keep it under wraps for a while just to make sure everything's finalized. But, I, uh, I get it. Yeah, man, that's, that's exciting, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, are you going to try to become like some prize fighter? Like, are you just taking anybody and everybody or like, uh, man, I'll fight a Mack truck if he wants to fight me. You know me. I don't, I don't care. I just, I just want to fight. I just want to, you know, train and I just want to be the best. And I, I, I want to get there. And the road is, is definitely not easy, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what it takes. So how how strict there. do you have to be with this kind of stuff? Like, yeah, I can imagine your dieting has to be on point, your training. Like, how how mentally and physically demanding is becoming a, a fighter? It, it's tough, man. It's everything. 
it's sleep, it's hydration, it's diet, it's the workouts. You know, I, I remember being in Japan, you know, working 10 hour days, but I was still working out, training twice a day. Uh, I was still eating my chicken and rice that I would always eat every single day. <laughs> good, old, good old chicken and rice. Chicken and rice, weighing all the food. Yeah, man, so it, it's draining. But, you know, you just got to keep doing it because everybody's doing it. Every single fighter is suffering the same way you are, you know. So it's a lot of early mornings, a lot of, a lot of runs, a lot of sparring, getting hit. You know, so, but it, it, it's fun for me. I love it. I imagine you listening to your, like, Spartan war chants that you used to listen to <laughs> in your room, just got you got them in your, your headphones going, and you just, like, thinking you're about to obliterate some kid. Yeah, man. That's some some poor, some poor, innocent person who is. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got the Rocky soundtrack on repeat, and just, just go. That's, you, that's, what, that's what gets me going. You scared? Like, I didn't want to be your friend the first time I came in there, and I heard you listening to some, like, those war chants. I'm like, what is this dude doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, man, it was just that warrior mentality. But, yeah, yeah it, it kind of just gets you in the mindset of it, you know, because I'm a firm believer in, like, motivate, like that motivation stuff is, is not – motivation is not a thing. You know, you can't – you have to want something so bad – that even on the days that you have no motivation, you still get up and do it. So what do you think that comes from? Just over time, you know, I think the losses I've kind of had in my life, you know, like seeing losing, losing is a big, big factor in that. When you lose, you think like, wow, like, all right, well, that two weeks ago when I took that night off from training, like that could have been the, the I could have been getting better right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah you know, stuff like that. Something I, re- I re- definitely respect about, like what, you, like what you said, is it's just you and that other person. You have no one else to blame but yourself. Maybe my coach didn't train me. You know, maybe we didn't prepare enough. That's still on you. At the end yeah. of the day, your coach isn't fighting. If you didn't get, your, if you didn't sleep enough, you're not hydrated enough. You're not. Your legs aren't fully prepared for the beating they're going to be taking. I know it's physically demanding. Yeah. But then the, the mental aspect of that is, you know, he he's about to. I know he's about to punch me. What am I gonna do? Am I am I blocking it? Am I doing whatever? I respect that because you have no one else to blame but yourself. Yeah, I think like something I always kind of like tell myself uh, is, and Jocko talks about it all the time, like self accountability. You know. Yes. Like take accountability for your actions and your inactions. Stop looking for other things or other people to blame. You know, you're in the position you're in because of you. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's, it's you. That's what gets me going every day is just knowing like, hey, if you don't do this, there's somebody else doing this out there. And, you know, it's going to set you back. All right. So let's let's move over here. How was your transition of getting in, out of the military? Like anybody, I was super, super excited to get out of the military. I was ready to get out. I was just so done with that whole environment. And I think everybody struggles with it a a little bit you know because you go through the same routine for a long period of time and then all of a sudden it just kind of flips upside down and then you don't have to do that stupid stuff like mustering it in the morning or updating your impasse if anyone knows that (laughs) you know just just stuff like that Uh, it was it was a bit difficult at first just trying to figure your life out you know i got out when i was 23 yeah 23 it's still so young in the grand scheme of things man yeah, yeah, but, you know, you 
like I was saying, you, you do something for so long for five years, and yeah. it's like, oh, well, what's next? You yeah, know? what? What? You, um, you feel uh, to me? I felt almost useless. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to explain it. I know that sounds bad, but I felt more like, okay, well, this this was who I was. Yeah. Who am I now? I had I had like an identity crisis almost. Of, you know, as much yeah. as I don't I don't know myself. People that knew me before the military, that's not me anymore. Yeah. I'm a totally different person. I've had different you we've we've all had our different experiences. We've different life altering decisions are are made. And yeah. you change so much. We've seen people get there, come into section with us that are some, you know, dumbass eighteen year old kid. Then they sh- then they change and you see such improvement. Or on the opposite they go down a dark path while they're in. They yeah. start drinking. They start hanging out with the wrong crowd. And not saying drinking is bad, but when you become a literal alcoholic where yeah. you, you are drinking on the job because, let's all face it, we all know people who did drink on the job. That's not good. You are tearing yourself down. And that transition period is – it's hard, man. And for people who yeah. are getting ready to get out, please – Get ready. <laughs> a wave of emotions is going to come through you. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I think everybody goes through the same kind of thoughts. Like, oh, I made the right decision. Yes. And then yes. For, for me, the hardest part was, like, I, I like to stay busy. If I'm not working, if I'm not, like, doing something, I, I'm i in my head. I'm sitting around thinking I'm freaking scrolling through Instagram like I shouldn't be doing. You know, like, it's – I like to be busy. I like to know, like, hey, I have a task. I need to get this done, you know. That, that's what the military gave you. Some of them were the stupidest tasks ever, but it was still a task that you had to complete. You know, it was still like, hey, you have a job to do, you gotta get this done. Whereas coming out of the military and having really nothing, it was like, all right, well, what's next? What do I do now? Where do I go now? There were so many opportunities and so many different routes you could take. You know, unless you really know what you want to do, you're just kind of lost. <laughs> and it was getting over that hump for me where I was like, all right, I need to figure out what's next and where I want to go next and stuff like that. So yeah, like you were saying, if you're getting out, just kind of have a plan or know what you want to do. And God, yes. Have yeah. a plan, please. Let's stop talking about the military. That That is gone. That is past. We've all had it. We've had a good experience with that stuff. What do you think of uh, all these uh, UFO sightings lately? I think it's crazy, man. It's just crazy to me because like, you don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's the government. I don't know if it's, Aliens, I don't, I don't know. I, I love, I love diving into conspiracies. I love hearing people's different point of views on what's going on in the world. It, it's just, it's just crazy to me, you know. So, I don't know what it is. I just think it's, it's all happening all together, and it's kind of crazy that like now all of a sudden it's all starting to come, come to light, you know. I saw something that said ninety four, ninety five percent of all documented UFO sightings are from America, right? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think America is just so, you know, it's America. So we kind of are like the spearhead of everything in a sense. I think Americans have so much freedom and so much time that they love getting into conspiracy. You know, there's a bunch of people who can believe about that stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. If, it, if it's government, if it's... This is going to sound very douchey of me to say. Do you think like Hollywood type thing where people... They see all the movies about aliens and they're like, oh, you know, they're so indoctrinated with the thought of extraterrestrial beings. 
I would love if aliens, when I say aliens, I don't mean little green guys, although that would be cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. I definitely believe that galaxy is way too big for it to just be us. Either way, oh, it's yeah. scary as hell to think about yeah. whether there are other people or they're not. Terrifying. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a firm believer in too that they're they're out there. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> they are out there. <laughs> they yeah, walk among they're, us. They're out there and <laughs> they kind of know they kind of know what's going on down here too. <laughs> they see all the nonsense that's happening here. Man, I think eventually. I don't know whether they think we're an advanced species or not, because, like, you look at it, it's terrifying. The I don't know, man. <laughs> it's hard to tell nowadays with stuff going on. Oh so. <laughs> We've had train derailments and government conspiracies, and, uh, you know, I don't... I'm somebody who has made a living off of working for the government. It's wild working, like, seeing all all this weird stuff happening right now, man. It's crazy. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, a tinfoil hat kind of dude, but holy shit. What's crazy to me is how much we don't know. Like, how much about this world, about this country, about everything else going on that we don't know. What we're getting fed is through the lens of the media and government officials that are just there to tell us that stuff. But what's the behind the scenes stuff like? That's the stuff that always fascinates me. It's like, what's going on back there? Like, I'm a firm believer in there's people in government that know all of the secrets that everybody wants to know. Oh, you know? 100%. Regardless of they, political party, because I don't care about that stuff, they all know. Like, the, the oh, I'm not yeah. saying, like, the junior Republicans and Democrats, but, like, the, the, the higher up people that have been there for, you know, 50 years, they know, like, some yeah. deep stuff. And one little, one little tweet, one little text message, one little email, and this world blows up, dude. It's insane. Like, there are so much scary, like, hidden things that we just don't know about. And honestly, I think that's, like, a good thing. Because if they started putting that stuff out, this world would burn. Like, I, <laughs> you know, so I think that's why they keep this stuff under wraps. They start just, like, putting out these little secrets or these little tidbits about things that we don't know, like... People are going to go crazy. People already are going crazy nowadays. Like, it's, the, you know? So, can you imagine if, like, they're actually like, oh, by the way, there is aliens. I would rather know the secrets of outer space than I would of the ocean. The ocean ain't no way. I don't care to learn about the ocean because it's right here. We go to the ocean all the time. Every, like, the ocean is everything. I don't want to know what's down there. Would you, what about you? Would you rather know the secrets of the ocean or outer space? I think outer space, you know, because, like, the ocean's there. We can go down and explore the ocean. I mean, the ocean's freaking crazy, too, though. Uh, <sighs> we only know, like, 10% of the ocean, right? I think something, it is something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Yeah, it's one of those, it's a small number. But, yeah, if we could just, you know, send a rocket ship up into space and just, like, into one of those planets far beyond the galaxy, and then they land, and it's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> There's people here. <laughs> something, something like that. Like, I, I would love to know that. Could you imagine that? Just, oh, just think, crazy. like, oh, like... Absolutely crazy. And just think, like, oh, they're trying to inhabit Mars now. <laughs> Twitter boy Elon Musk is trying to, you know, put life on Mars. and yeah, I don't know if that's, who are just... if that's scary or if this is... <laughs> oh, I don't know what to think about that stuff, man. Yeah. I think people are just fed up with Earth. So, like, hey, 
Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go destroy a new planet. <laughs> let's go to Mars and mess that whole thing up. I don't know, man. Like the the change, even from when you and I were younger, like little kids, man. Everything has just changed. Yeah, and so it's kind of much. Pace, you know, it's, oh, it, Jesus, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You know, even I, one of my, like my favorite things to do is like talk with my parents or older people about how like back then times are so much different and then just seeing them progress through life and to where they are now is crazy was your grandmother grandparents from italy my great-grandparents great-grandparents imagine the conversations you could have had with them or about like your Uh, your grand your grandparents and like their experiences like first generation american oh yeah like the the immigrants that were coming that came to ellis island like yeah can you imagine like the conversation with those people and how life was for them and how different it is compared to nowadays that's an, it's crazy to think about the yeah. like the struggles that so like your your great grandparents i think it's my great great grandparents are from mexico i couldn't imagine going through those struggles that your great grandparents my great great grandparents that they've gone through whereas you and i we are very blessed and very fortunate to have grown up in the time we have albeit it's been you know riddled with war and a lot of bad things but just think of all the struggles they had to go through to get here. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think we're definitely fortunate enough to grow up <sighs> Jesus. in a society where we don't really have to worry about that so much. You know, I mean, like you said, there is wars and stuff like that, but we're not worrying about famine and anything crazy like that. What is your take on America as it stands right now? How do you feel about it? What is my take on America? That, you know, I, honestly, that's a, that is a very loaded question. Mm-hmm. I think America is a very beautiful place. I don't think it's what it should be or could be, I should say. But it definitely it has so much potential to be a lot better. But it's still not compared, not even comparable to other places. Yeah, our education system is terrible, especially for like middle and lower class families. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. There is there's discrimination all across this country. And in the other countries as well. So I, I don't like that aspect of things. But it, you're not going to have as much freedom here as you do in 99.9% of the other places. And it has it has potential to be so, so, so much better. But right now, Americans as a whole are much more better off than anybody else in the, in the world. What about you? How you, how you feeling? Yeah, I can uh, agree with a lot of those points. You know, I think... Um... America is great in so many ways and awful in so many others. I think we've kind of like set ourselves back in times, you know, like we're, we talk about moving forward, but we keep going backwards in a sense. And it's from all different angles, you know, whatever, political, technology, like it's just, it, it's every aspect of it. I think the areas that we could improve on would definitely better this country. I think it's just the same constant cycle over and over again. You're never, there's never going to be any change, you know, with, especially like with parties that you know ruled offices you know it's just the same thing like a party's in for four years all these changes happen and then four years later another party comes in and just throws all those changes out the window yeah it's hard for either party to really get it going when that when when stuff like that happens but i genuinely believe like i said i politics isn't my thing if you're if you're cool if you're a good person cool i can be friends with you but if you if you a racist, if you a bigot, if you a you know homophobe, all these other like 
all these other things, I'm probably not rocking with you too much. But if you're yeah. a good person, regardless of political party, if you if you are a genuinely good person, that's all I ask. But I feel like on either side of the political spectrum, the higher up you get, the more connected you are to the other party. Yeah. They're all the same to me. You know, the, the junior representatives and senator, whatever, those newer guys, they probably are a little more truer to their respected party. But playing politics, as you get up and, you know, you've been around for 30, 40 years, which is... We should have term limits on everybody, like age limits. Oh, yeah. I'm a firm believer in being a politician shouldn't be a career or a job. No. You are an elected <laughs> official. That's it. <laughs> you shouldn't be, should be making stupid amounts of money being a politician and no. being able to stay there and doing it for 40. It's crazy. No. You know? You need to have age limits. Like, if, if there's a minimum age limit, there needs to be a max age limit. I, I will. I, that is a hill I will die on. You know, we don't need, this sounds very millennial of me, but we don't need somebody that was born in the, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s making decisions for today. Things are totally different from when it, what it was back then. You know, it's all part of the machine. That's what it is. And it's crazy that that machine affects all of our lives in ways that negatively and positively, you know? And I don't think it's ever going to, it's never going to be satisfactory for everybody, you know, and someone's always going to have a problem with something. You can, you, you know, just as well as I do, you can never please everybody. In my fairy dreamland, I have this idea of there, there being somebody that is about as equal as you can get, where, yeah. where he is, he or she is respected on either side of the, of the spectrum. Like, this is a good dude, good, you know, whatever I say, dude, as, you know, ambidextrous, they're a good person. They, you know, they listen and they genuinely want to get things done on for both sides. But, you know, that will never that that kind of person will never be in a political office because it's it has to be an extreme on either side. Yeah. That's that's just how I feel about it. You know. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, and I think especially now in politics, it's it's the battle between the extremes. You know, you're either completely on the one side or completely on the other. There are very few things that you should be dead set on. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone is against pedophiles, right? Everyone's against bad things. Every, every, either political side wants the best for the country. It's just how we interpret it or how we say it. That's, a, that's yet again, that's how I feel about it. It's frustrating, man. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating to be, to see what's going on in the world. And like, you know, regardless of what you believe or your beliefs, it's just, you know, it, Everybody's got to be frustrated. You have to respect other people's values and opinions. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm a firm believer in that. That I don't care what opinion you have, what you believe in. Like, I respect it, and that's what makes this country great, is everybody has the opportunity to express their opinions and get their opinions out and voice their concerns and stuff like that. But it's when people start shutting those opinions out or, you know, not letting those people voice their concerns or their opinions. That's what I have a problem with, because they're doing the exact opposite of what should be happening yes i totally yeah. agree yeah yeah you know it's I, I don't care i'll have a conversation with anybody about anything and i'll say my point you can say your point and if we disagree we disagree then that's fine but i'm not going to judge you any different you know i'm not going to call you a bigot or whatever you know it's just no that's your opinion that's your belief you have every right to have that opinion and belief and i have every right to have my opinion and belief. as long as you can stay civil i i, I genuinely believe people overreact 
too harshly on things. Oh, absolutely. Cancel culture, to me, is a good and bad thing. Yeah. There are some people definitely do not need to have a spotlight, you know, a platform anymore, right? I think I think we can everyone can agree on that. Some people don't need to be in the spotlight. However, there are some people who may have made a mistake when they were younger. Their life doesn't need to be ruined because of that, you know? Yeah, I yeah, I I think cancel culture is kind of awful. I mean, you know, just because you see people their entire lives get ruined off of something that they said or whatever, you know? But if you look at the background of it, they have every right to say that, you know? And I, I get the positions they're in. They shouldn't be saying stuff like that and choose carefully or whatever. But just because somebody makes a mistake doesn't mean that they have to lose everything. To me, as long as they recognize, oh, okay, I realize that is a mistake. Yeah. You know, instead of just saying, oh, no, I said it, I meant it, you know, I'm not changing that. Okay, well, you can suffer the consequences then. I'm not saying you got to conform to, you know, the majority, but... <laughs> Yeah. Just be prepared when the when that mob comes for you, dude. You know it's they're not kind. Yeah, they are and not. I, a, I think it's I think it's crazy how far social media has taken up. You know because none of that would be around now if it wasn't for social media. Can you imagine cancel culture seven years ago? A single tweet could change your entire life, and it could get you know your tweet could get blown up to millions and millions of people. So it, it's just crazy how over time it's just kind of taken over our lives. Social media has become driven away from what it should have been or was meant to be. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. You know, I'm not going to sit here I'm and say it's it. not. But, you know, we all, everybody has one, has social media, everyone does it, you know, whatever. But it's become, that's, you know, that, that's become people's reality. Yeah. Is they live in their social media world and don't, they don't pay attention to the things around them or like they don't talk to people god forbid they just call their friends or talk to them and just you know have a conversation that way right it's crazy uh, i forget what i was listening to the other day or watching the day where they were talking about like going to a show nowadays like a halftime the halftime show at the super bowl like look how many of those people were looking through it through the lens of their phone and not actually like taking it in and being in a the moment they're that, just using their, they're just using their phone like yeah they're putting it on social media you know, instead of just being present in the moment. I saw a lot of that when, uh, if you if you watch when LeBron broke Kareem's all-time scoring record. Yeah, that's what it was. That's, I think that's what I was listening to. Was that, I guess I was talking about. that picture where he's yeah. shooting the basket, everybody that was in that frame has their phones right there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. If you want to record it, fine. But you're looking through your phone. Look up, man. Yeah. Look over your phone. What just because that memory will be there forever. You're not living in the moment of that. And yeah, I feel like I would have been. Oh God, I feel like I would have been more. I don't think I would have recorded it because I would have been just so excited. Like, oh, oh shit, this is about to happen. You know. Yeah. <laughs> People forget how to live in the moment of things. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta just take it in and just sit back and be like, wow, okay, this is happening. I mean, just keep my phone in my pocket and enjoy this, embrace it, you know? People don't realize that they don't have to put their entire life on social media. Yeah. Well, you see these people who spend hours and hours a, a day on social media. I, I'm guilty of it, too, though. I can't, you know, I'm trying to, like, get better at it and better myself at it. But there are times where I'll look down on my phone and look up and see, like, a half hour went by without, I don't even know what's going on. 
I just know that I was just scrolling through something. I mean, we're we're all guilty of like getting on TikTok and like watching some videos. That that's totally fine. But when that's your life, that is all you do. You don't have a personality outside of social media. I don't know. Personally, I just feel like that's kind of lame. And like you, unless they are like your very close friend or very close family, most people really don't care about what you're posting on social media. They don't. They might like it, but they're not. They're not reading into what is actually going on. They just might you know, might drop a like or something like that, and they'll just keep it going. They don't. They really don't care about what you have to say. Yeah, and all that information you're getting is filtered towards you. You know, so it just further pushes. You know, like you're not exposed to everything going on around you, or everything going on around in the world. You know, you're just exposed to what's being presented in front of you because that's what you've been looking at. And that's what you've been searching, and that's what you follow, and that's what you like. Instead of seeing the broad picture of everything. Read a book, a nerds. Yeah. Read a book, go out, talk to your neighbor, do Have something. Exactly. With different people, just get out there and do life. Don't do life. I love it. <laughs> do life. Well, Maddie, I think this is gonna this will be a wrap up on this one. Yeah, yeah, literally, this has been this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate greatest, greatest memories have been with with you and the boys, and you know, I think we've all come so far, and I'm proud of you and getting on here and doing your thing and just kind of <laughs> talking to the world because you're very good at talking. So. God, sometimes I don't know when to shut up, but man, I'm so glad you're on here, man. I, I wish the boys were all back together. You know, we, we've talked about getting everybody together. And one of my favorite memories was, we're not going to go into detail here, but um, during Atlantic City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, man. man. I, what a time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> that, that night and that entire time I was up in New Jersey visiting you guys. We'll literally never forget that, that experience. <laughs> it, was, it was just an awesome time, man. I am very, yeah. man. I am very thankful for you and your friendship, man. I, it's, I love you, man, and I'm so proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Love you too, brother. Keep doing yours as well. And uh, yeah, we got we got to get together and do this again sometime, and then hopefully in person, I'll be able to see you soon, so we can have another five hour conversation in person about anything and everything. I would just like to thank everyone for tuning in this week. If you are someone who struggles with suicide please call the Suicide Prevention Hotline at 988 and please remember to check on your friends. As a friendly reminder, you are loved, be kind to others, and most importantly, be kind to yourself. Thank you.